Dreams and Discord in Israel, Rifts and Competing Visions in the House of Jacob. The stage is set for the founding of the Jewish nation, but all does not proceed smoothly. There is tension in the House of Jacob. If one takes a look at the first 11 verses of Bereshit 37, Parablam at Zion in Bereshit, we see that Yosef emerges as a capable shepherd and is favored by his father to be the future leader. Yosef was young, not yet the skilled political statesman he would become, but he was a powerful visionary. He dreamed of a shift in the economy, away from animal husbandry toward ag agriculture. He felt the house of Jacob, while successful shepherds, needed to diversify their portfolio. The brothers rejected his presumptive authority and rejected his vision. He further dreamed beyond reshaping the economy to directing their spiritual mission. The brothers were jealous of this vision. Their father expressed his skepticism publicly, but saw potential merit as well. The Rav, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, often quoted the Ramban statement that Komash ira la'avot siman banim. All that occurs to the forefathers is indicative of what will occur to their children, based on his commentary on Breshit at uh, 12.16, and based on the Midrash Tanchuma as well. As the Rav restated, the Torah's narrative of our forefathers is, quote, the blueprint of Jewish history for all days, end quote. He sees in the story of Joseph and the brothers a sketch of Jewish history that reverberates throughout the ages. The Zionist movement was founded within a secular framework. It primarily focused on securing the physical safety and political independence of the Jewish people. Its leaders and values were secular. This resulted in a, perhaps a natural opposition from many in the Jewish community. Those who devoted their lives entirely to the promulgation of Torah and its unique values found themselves at odds with the secular Zionist ideology. One famous example occurred in the city of Brisk following the death of Theodore Herzl in 1904. Some of the community wanted to hold a public eulogy for Herzl. The city's rabbi, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, the Rav's grandfather, opposed this and locked the door to the synagogue. Zev Dov Begin, whose son Menachem would be instrumental in the founding of the State of Israel and eventually serve as prime minister, broke the lock and eulogized Herzl to a packed crowd. Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik became a spokesperson for the Mizrahi movement, a religious Zionism that incorporated Torah values with a vision for the state of Israel. He saw the early tensions between Zionism and the religious establishment through the eyes of Joseph and the brothers. Joseph had a vision which his brothers could not see. In an early address, the Rav writes, quote, the Joseph of 5662 unconsciously sensed that it was forbidden to rely on a continuation of the status quo, that great changes were about to occur in Jewish life, for which we would have to be prepared. He sensed the advent of an era when there would be no yeshivot in Brisk, Vilna, and Minsk, when America would be turned into a place of Torah, and when Israel, the state of Israel, would become the core center of Torah. I would like to ask a simple question. What would the yeshivot and Torah scholars rescued from the Holocaust, these burning embers taken from the fire, have done if the Joseph of 5662 had not trod a path for them in the land of Israel and had not made possible the transplanting of the tree of life of Lithuania and other lands in, this, in, in the Holy Land? I sometimes think that were the great brethren of, quote, Joseph of 5662 
world-renowned genius personalities and Torah and sublime saints, were they living today, they would also discern the divine miracle and the establishment of the state of Israel, and they would utter song and praise to the Holy One, blessed be He. In order to have a share in the new Israel, where the Torah that was driven from Lithuania and Poland found home, the Joseph of 5662 began to build Israel together with all the, quote, free thinkers, from whom he was as ideologically and spiritually removed as were his brothers, the Torah greats. However, to our great sorrow, while the tribes of God of God thousands of years ago finally admitted Joseph's righteousness and begged his forgiveness, quote, please forbear the wrong of your brothers and their sin, for they caused you evil, end quote, Today, a segment among our brethren still lack the capacity to see reality as it is, and the courage to admit their error. Even today, after Treblinka and Auschwitz, as assimilation putrefies a great portion of diaspora Jewry, and the state of Israel is occupied in protecting the Jewish settlement in the Holy Land from the Arab Amalek, they hold fast stubbornly against their brother Joseph, the religious Zionist, taking the position, quote, and they viewed him from a distance, end quote from the Rav. While the Rav's drasha, his explication, his creative interpretation beyond the simple meaning of the text, was compelling at the time it was delivered in the 1960s, his observations and concerns are relevant today as well. The historical tension between the secular Zionists and the religious community remains extant. Though a potential solution has emerged, namely the vision of Mizrahi, tensions remain. This friction was observed again recently surrounding the March for Israel, which took place in Washington, D.C. on November 14, 2023. Some segments of the Orthodox community felt this was not their issue, despite the fact that the goal of the march was described as a march for Israel, a march to free the hostages, and a march against anti-Semitism. A modicum of support or lack of condemnation was given, some support was withdrawn, but the rifts within the Jewish community were apparent. Indeed, criticism of the march and its slate of speakers could be justified. It included a Christian preacher and no rabbis. But from those segments who did not participate, what public show of support has emerged? Was a national day of repentance or learning declared? No doubt, pockets of activity and support for the broader Jewish community exist. But it is clear that the Jewish world remains fractured. We lack unified leadership. Sadly, the rifts within the Jewish people that the Rub observed in the late 19th and early 20th century, which harken back to the tension among the brothers, have not yet been fully healed. A degree of universally recognized leadership is likely necessary to organize our collective talents toward our ultimate objective. We cannot successfully fulfill our national mission alone.